So having that genuine conversation where they understand, hey, I'm here to help you and not be punitive um, really puts them at an ease and gives them a sense of, I want to say, uh, not only clarity, but a sense of like tranquility. Welcome to Podfessional Development, Season 2, Episode 7. I'm your host, Victor Guzman. I'm Eric Squire. And I'm Isara Miskun. Today we have a very special guest uh, joining us all the way from the East Coast. He's an educator, a grad student, Mr. Alex Calderon. Welcome. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me here. Uh, love the podcast, by the way. So as Victor just said, I'm an educator in New York. This is my fifth year, fifth, fourth year. Um, COVID's driving me crazy. Uh, but we're remote learning. And I teach in Queens. I'm also a grad student uh, at Queens College. I'm getting my MSED degree at uh, Queens College in English Language Arts for grades 7 through 12. And I also run a podcast as well called First Gen Teacher Lens. I'm first generation American. Parents are Salvadorian. So shout out to anybody who's listening to this who's Salvadorian. Uh, yeah, so I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, we're all about diversity here at Professional Development, as you can probably tell. Uh, we all come from different backgrounds, and that's definitely something we're celebrating. Um, so for today's topic, we wanted to have a conversation because I think we're all in the same boat of, you know, having been in the classroom and transitioning kind of from one week to the next into distance learning. So we wanted to talk about how to build student trust, uh, methods we're doing on our own, and also things you've heard or seen uh, from other people. Um, So with that, I'll let you guys kick it off. Um, So I guess I can just jump in. Um, so for me, I guess like re- remote learning, cause I am in New York and like we were hit hard by uh, COVID. Um, so we've been doing remote learning for the past, I want to say like month now. And it's been really difficult to kind of develop rapport with some students because like uh, there's a kind of a weird relationship with like seeing their homes now, which some of them feel discretionally to turn on the camera or you find that they're just not engaged with whatever lesson or content that you're teaching. So building trust has been hard. I mean, it's been working, I wanna say for the past, maybe week and a half. So as we all know, TikTok is a big kind of trending thing. So I've been trying to incorporate TikTok within my lessons, which it it worked phenomenal. I taught plot recently um, and I incorporated, uh, what was my conflict? Um, so for, for me, I wear, my uniform at school is a polo and khakis. Like I'm Jake from State Farm. So like I incorporated a TikTok, which I showed the kids just like me doing a bunch of shenanigans. And then like, um, I was talking about this one uh, TikTok where it's called the coffin dance. And like, it's a bunch of guys dancing with a coffin. And basically, 
what ended up happening is uh, that I incorporated that into a conflict, and then at the end, I showed him the TikTok video. So a lot of kids gravitated towards that, and then I continually use that today to kind of build off what we're learning about. So they have a graphic organizer due tomorrow, and I feel like I gave them ample time to finish it. So I re I resurrected that meme, and then uh, or that TikTok, and I brought it back. And basically, I was, I uh, I put in the TikTok when students don't do your homework, and then I pretended that I died because like I'm dead. If like you didn't do your homework, because like like you had enough ample time to do this assignment. So uh, a lot of kids ran into Google Classroom just saying, "Miss C, you're toxic," and then LOL. So it's that's one way where I've been building rapport with the students, like just using social media to, as a means to kind of connect with them no for real i okay so i hate to admit this but i love tiktok and i'm like kind of obsessed with it for like a week and a half now and teachers are doing a really good job like you have this um i think hippest teacher this guy uh with that handle he's in canada and he does like every single day he does it every single day uh, a video at the end of the day to reward students, which is really cool. Um, and, uh, and like, there's like kindergarten teachers with like, you know, we use the same songs. And I, when I looked at, I'm like, oh my god, it's like the letter song. I know that song by heart. And like, there are a lot of it, it's a community. TikTok really is for teachers, for you know, everybody else in the world. But like. Um, yeah, so kudos to you for, for, for utilizing TikTok to uh, build rapport with your students. That's amazing. Uh, Victor chatted me while, we were, while you were talking, and he's like, you, bro, you have a lot of similarities. Uh, so I'm also using TikTok during my, my homeroom meetings, uh, and I'll put out like requests from students. Uh, one student asked me to drink a gallon of orange juice and a gallon of milk which I did not do, <laughs> but uh, some crazy ones like that. So no, I, I think it's a really great way. Like you said, this is a, a really tough time to, to connect with students just because we're not there every day. Some of the students, uh, I, I was talking to my friend the other day, uh, who's an educator at my school, and he was saying some of the students that I would like the most, I haven't even heard their voice or seen their face yet. And I'm like, wow, that's so true. And then he also said some of the students that I really get along with on Zoom, it might be totally different when we're in person because they feel more inclined to chat or they feel more inclined to talk in a space where it's not dominated by a lot of people talking. And I'm like, damn, I hadn't even thought about that. That's a, that's a huge point. Um, and I think that was my experience last year where I, I actually knew the students before we got on Zoom. Some of the, the students that were the most animated, the most lively, completely like uh, went MIA during, during um, Zoom, or sorry, during virtual learning. So that's real. And I think the key now is if we're going to be doing this for months, which it looks like that's definitely the case, is how can we find ways to connect? And TikTok is a great one because that's something that they care about. Or uh, having one-to-one -one meetings with them. I make sure that uh, if I get a chance to 
uh, if like a student reaches out to me, I'm like, yeah, let's let's set up a one to one to to like work on that together. Um, and it's really meaningful. Like you find that students that are really quiet during the meeting, um, like really come alive during a one to one. And uh, it's made me think that I want to have like even five to 15 minute check ins with every single student. So like during my office hours, I call up a student even though it's not required by my school, I feel like it might be a good way to like get to know them better. And even though students email me uh, at the beginning of the year to tell me their interests, because I made that an assignment, um, it's different when you're on a, like, when you're talking to each other live and they feel like they can trust you or they feel like they know a little bit more about you now. So I appreciate you bringing that up, Alex. I've used social media in the past to try to connect with my students. I guess I'm the elder statesman of this group because I don't use TikTok. I'm still on the Instagram hype. I got my Instagram teacher page. Um, <laughs> and I like posting memes. I, lo I love showing gifts in my classroom to like make my students laugh and let them see like, hey, he's not just this dude who wants me to do math. He can also be relatable and human. Um, I haven't used social media as much this year. I've started to use memes a little bit more here and there now, uh, especially to kind of make the kids smile and feel comfortable when we're doing a tough math lesson. Um, the other thing I've been using, I guess to build student trust, but more so to make them feel comfortable with the content, I've been trying to make the work as engaging as possible online. So my like, my go-to tool right now, Nearpod has been incredible for me. I love using Nearpod. I try to use it at least once a week, but I found that some weeks I use it two or three times uh, because it allows me to do the lesson, but the students are engaging in different, they're showing their learning in different types of ways. They're showing their knowledge in different ways. Uh, you know, they can draw tape diagrams, uh, they can uh, annotate over double number lines. And so I want to make sure that the work that they're doing is as engaging as it could be, so that we're still hitting the content, but they're doing it in a way that seems more manageable for them. And it seems more student friendly, I guess. Um, kind of on another note, similar to what Squire mentioned, I haven't necessarily been doing one-to-ones but I've been trying to connect with one or two students a day, like right after my lesson. Like, hey, uh, can you stay back real quick? Um, and then, you know, let them know, hey, you're not in trouble. I just wanna to talk to you, check in, get to know you a little bit. Um, and I found that a few of my students, I think we're in week six now, week six or week seven, they're starting to open up a little bit more. So that's been really nice to see like the other day, last week let me see last week on tuesday i asked my students hey do you have any food recommendations a few hours later after nobody sent me anything like it was like 6 p.m a student texts me from her mom's phone and she goes mr guzman i think you need to try this meal and i was like done i'll try it in the next couple of weeks so my plan is to try it this long weekend um and then send her a picture so she knows Hey, he didn't, you know, he wasn't just all talk, like he actually went out and tried it. Um, another connecting piece that I've done with my students is during our community meetings in the mornings, we've been doing uh, 
riddles or quote analyses. Um, and a couple of students have been emailing me riddles. And so I've been giving them riddles daily so that they could try to, they're challenging themselves and then they're also challenging me at the same time. So I find that, you know, kind of like what Squire said, even though I'm not doing like a full 15 minute one-to-one, -one, like even a few minutes of connecting with the kids makes such a big difference. It makes such a big difference. Um, but yeah, that's really powerful. Um, I definitely just, just to piggyback up of what you're saying, Victor, I definitely agree and Squire, what you guys are saying in terms of like a couple minutes. So every day I try to join early just to see like whoever shows up and then it started to work because like kids, you know, started to internalize the schedule. And I had one student in particular, his name is Divine, which I called him Devin for like two weeks straight because like I, it looked like Devin and then he never chose to correct me. I was like, dude, why don't you correct me? But uh, but we started talking about um. So the NBA finals are right now. And then his eyes lit up and I saw that instantaneous kind of uh, connection over that. And he was like, he was like naming like Tyler Hero, Jimmy Butler, and like talking about like what's going on right now. And then like, we just talked about random stuff like basketball and my kids like this game called Among Us. And like <laughs> what I did was to make my lesson more engagement they're engaging and I took a Google Chrome extension where I could change my cursor into all types of stuff whether it be memes um, it could be stuff from Fortnite and um, there was the Among Us uh, characters so when I was presenting I think what was it um, a graphic organizer that I made for um, their essay that's due on Tuesday and basically I took that character and I guided them through um, through how to submit the Google form or the Google doc. And, you know, they were really like, they're like, oh my God, he's an imposter. And I was just like, yeah, I'm gonna take my little guy, my little imposter and go through this. This is how you submit. And kids really gravitate to what their interests are. So at times in my classroom, also if like the conversation goes astray and they just want to talk to each other I feel like a lot of kids miss just interacting with each other just on a basic human level because right now you know they knew all of each other in sixth grade and you know they go up seventh grade so right now I feel like a lot of those relationships that are um, tangible that were there last year for that brief uh, kind of in school kind of session then we had you know the co the pandemic hit but i feel like they definitely miss like you can easily tell for my kids like who their who their friends are and who their connects are for one class i know there's a trio i want to say a group of or maybe four boys that you know they were bros when they were like in school and like they would just chop it up about whatever whatever game they're playing whatever latest update on like their ios system so it was it was endearing to see that, like, you know, those relationships are, can be built at, during the remote learning, and it's not impossible. Um, I was reading an article for one of my grad classes, and it said, um, it's about an ESL student. His name was Tiger, or his name is Tiger. And basically, the kid would make jokes just to 
get out of the harsh reality of schools, but like we're all living a harsh reality right now. And I feel like using humor on social media and incorporating that in your lessons like defeats or helps ease the harsh reality that we are in now. So I have a group of four students that are definitely like bros for life in this one class. And they always talk about like, you know, similar things that they're thinking about through the day, whether it be like a, an iOS update or the latest game that they're playing. Uh, and then I let those conversations carry on sometimes in my class. Um, obviously at some point I'm like, all right guys, we gotta get back to the lesson. But it shows that they miss those kind of lunch table conversations where they could like veg out and like just talk about whatever and nothing school related. So it's definitely endearing to see that online in terms of like just doing remote or virtual learning. Um, but I definitely miss seeing those conversations. I definitely miss sometimes also eating with the kids even and just not just not talking about school, talking whatever they want. Like, hey, what's your favorite type of food? What's your favorite restaurant on Farmer's Boulevard, which probably is Popeye's or, or the pizza place down the street? Um, but like, because there's always a line outside of Popeye's after school. So I definitely miss seeing that because like, you know, uh, I would stay after school sometimes and they're like, oh, Miss C's going to get food. Can you get me something? Can you get me something? And sometimes, you know, the kids that like, like, you know, who did a really good job, I'll get them a piece of candy here and there. But like, I definitely see going to that, back to those four bros, like definitely they miss those uh, tangible physical relationships that are kind of happening in the classroom. So definitely just hyping up the engagement and making it the best version of what an actual classroom could look like is definitely what needs to be done. Man, Alex, yes. So much of what you were saying, I was making connections to, um, especially about like appealing to different student interests. I think sometimes we like talk about things that are, are popular, but then we forget that sometimes there's like subgroups of students that totally have no interest in that and you have to like appeal to them too. Um, <clears throat> I did a Kahoot the other day about anime uh, characters and like a number of students just like totally came alive and they were like, oh yeah, I know who that is. And like, sure, maybe <clears throat> the, the main group of students who like are always talking a little bit more were like, oh, I don't know who that is. But like, it, it's okay to do different things that appeal to different groups of students to try to get them to come alive and uh, I just thought that was really cool. And then um, uh, I've also seen some really great examples from colleagues at my school. So like one teacher will have students get artifacts from their house to kind of like connect it to that day's lesson. Uh, and then uh, another teacher, actually no, the same one, she's um, hosting a Harry Potter book club. So like we can still host virtual clubs, which is really awesome. Um, and actually that same teacher, she's really great. Uh, she's having lunches like you were talking about, Alex, but like virtually. So she'll contact a, a student and then she'll have them eat lunch with them virtually. Um, last time she bought like a winner of a Kahoot game, uh, a, a food, like a Grubhub certificate basically so that they could eat lunch with her. And I just thought that was a really cool way of engaging students and, and making it fun and yeah meaningful I guess. 
Yeah, so what I want to say, like, you know, these things still happen, you know, um, sure, you know, it's different face-to-face -face and through distance learning, but, you know, face-to-face, -face, we also ate lunch with our students. Now we do virtual lunch, lunches. Um, I know um, a colleague of mine, um, or now, now she's on maternity, but she used to do breakfast, you know, um, before she went on maternity. So it was in the spring break, she used to do breakfast, virtual breakfast with her kids, you know, before community meeting. Um, these things are still possible. We just have to adapt, right? Um, we are very versatile as educators. We think out of the box, TikToks being, being one of them. Um, so we, we're gonna try our best um, to engage our kids and to build rapport uh, with them. My kids are kinder kids. They love to do show and tell. We do show and tell. The first one, one minute of class, we'll do show and tell. And then we'll like, okay, let's save our other questions till the end of class. And we actually make, carve out that time for kids to say whatever they want. And it's, it, it may feel insufficient, you know, the amount of time, but it, 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 it matters. It, I think it really matters. No, I agree. Like, I, I got a new student today. And seven weeks into the school year, being a new student, especially via distance learning, I can't imagine. I've always been a new student, but in person. So I can never imagine what she must have been feeling like. But I noticed that she wasn't in a home. She was in like a boys and girls club. And so I asked her like, what's that experience been like for you? And she goes, well, it's something I've enjoyed a lot because I get to hang out with people. I get to spend time with people outside of my home. And everything that you, you all have said, like, you know, those physical conversations, physical connections are all really important. And I think, like my Sarah alluded to right now, teachers are very adaptable and so are kids. And so, you know, as, as difficult as this time has been, for me personally, it's been, really beautiful to see like students adapt and show up every single day. Like, I mean, I feel like I keep bringing this up, but it's just cause I'm so impressed by the res resiliency of my students and my classroom itself. Like we have 95, 98% attendance every week. And this is cameras on fully interacting with the class. Um, and so, you know, that, that for me is multiple factors, right? It's the, the students themselves having resiliency, but also I think it has a lot to do with the classroom culture that I tried to build of, you know, this is a place where you have a voice. This is a place where you should feel safe. This is a place where you should feel like you can be yourself. And I think all educators, uh, all of us here, um, people all across the country, that's what we're trying to do trying to make sure that kids feel safe and that they feel like they're a part of something bigger than themselves. And so I think that that's really a beautiful thing. Um, I just want to talk about cameras, I guess, like, cause you mentioned cameras, uh, which is like, you know, such a, I, we talked about it in my grad class, like, you know, the, the, we often like, I equate it to like, it's a, it's a micro problem to a macro problem that we're facing now with, you know, just the pandemic and like all the the news that's coming 
with that and like we're kind of being kind of watered down with like negativity and like you know I I was honest with my with my students like I told them I actually showed them my schedule like I took it I took a screenshot and I posted to Google Classroom with like my classes and like I told them it's not mandated for me to like have my camera on but I do it anyway because you know I do want to build relationships in this classroom and create a sense of positivity so if I'm not going to hold you accountable if like you guys like don't turn on even though it is like it is a school mandate but in terms of like you know I, t I, t I tell you but if you truly do not feel comfortable just let me know privately like you can message me privately on on google classroom all you have to do is uh hit my name and then just send it directly to me nobody else is going to see it but i i think getting on their level and then understanding them really helps kind of ease the the transition from in person or even hybrid to like virtual learning because it's completely foreign to a lot of kids, you know, having to adjust to like a Zoom call or a Google Meets call transition from this call, where's this link? And like a lot of kids are being inundated with like a lot of technological information at once on a daily basis. So having that genuine conversation where they understand, hey, I'm here to help you and not be punitive um, really puts them at an ease and gives them a sense of, I want to say, uh, not only clarity, but a sense of like tranquility of like, like you understand where I'm coming from and you can level with me to a point where I feel comfortable and we're going to work in this space together. So that's what I've been telling my kids, just having honest, transparent conversations. Um, I message, I like doing some jokes about like every day I'm ready with my polo and khakis like Spongebob but you know I'm ready to go like I'm ready to learn and do my job and like you know I learned from you guys like one kid taught me how to do a Google add a Google extension that like makes it look like Zoom where I can see everybody's face so I'm learning as much as you guys are as from me like every day I learn something new that the kids know because like I think they're more tech savvy than I am and like a lot of kids like definitely are, some are really into like remote learning, whether meaning that like they're more integrated with tech. But I think again, just building that kind of safe space where they can really, really understand that you guys are on the same page and not here to build a negative space, but build a positive space is definitely works wonders in the classroom. I think you're right, like, you know, the. the the camera piece is such a big conversation. Like there's so many, you know, tough, tough conversations that need to be had around that. Like, but it's definitely, at least at my, my, in my classroom, it's worked great so far. So I will, you know, keep trying to do my best like everybody else to continue making my students feel safe and welcome and keep connecting with them via gifts. Definitely not TikTok. That's not who I am. <laughs> But I also think, Victor, that you also gave like a very safe but non-judgment place. So like they they don't feel judged, even though, you know, whatever it is that their background. And I feel like my classroom teacher does that very non-judgment, uh, non-judgmental, very like, if you want to do it, like, I mean, do it. Um, she still says that I just want to know what you're doing. 
All right, Alex. Um, I wanted to give you a chance right now if you want to let people know your social media and where to find you online and where we can listen to your podcasts. All right. So you guys can, my podcast is called First Gen Teacher Lens, all one word. And you can find my podcast on Anchor, on, what else is in my podcast? Sorry, there's so many links. Uh, Anchor, Spotify are usually the main one. But if you go to my IG account, there's a, a link tree and like all the pod uh, podcast links are there. So stay tuned. I talk about all topics related to education. And like, I'm just here to help everybody during this dire time of need and just like, you know, build rapport with teachers around the world. So hopefully we do positive things. I want to thank you guys for having me on this podcast, by the way. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thank yeah, you very much seriously. for your time. Uh, I appreciate the collaboration.